What time is it? Summertime. It's our vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's episode 20. Oh my God! Did you actually think we were going to make it this far? Because I sure didn't. I know. I was like, maybe if we do 10 or 12, that would be great. I never thought we would make it this far. I'm so proud. Me too. Me too. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 20th episode of Coffee Run. This is Mary. And this is Anna. Welcome. <laughs> we have a very cool episode for you today because we're going to talk about the legend of Tarzan. And we're going to talk about a little bit, just a little bit, about this whole Calvin Harris, Taylor Swift thing going on. Hashtag Taylor Swift is over party. Yeah. <laughs> um, since... It is the 15th birthday of Legally Blonde. We're going to tell you 15 things we learned from Legally Blonde. And finally, we're going to end up with a fun topic about sexuality. So stick around, stick around, stick around. Check it out, check it out, check it out. And we should... This is going to be fun. Uh, Um, Do you realize that this is our first episode in a while not talking about Game of Thrones? It feels so weird. Like, I don't know what to do with my life now. That time. (laughs) Like, now that it's over, every Sunday comes around and I'm like... What did I do before Game yeah, of Thrones? I'm actually I started um, watching a new a new show. It's called The Last Kingdom, because like all the series I was like I finished, so I was just. But I mean I love it, but it's not Game I, of Thrones. No, I, I miss Game of Thrones. Me too. We're we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer than a year. A little bit longer. Stop it, Nick Jonas. (laughs) Anyways, um, if you guys want to write us or connect with us, you can find us on Twitter at at dcoffeeron underscore or you can send us an email at coffee, like the one I had, run, like the one I haven't done, and podcast, like this one you're listening to, at gmail.com. That's coffeeronpodcast at gmail.com and you can connect with us. Okay, we should get started. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. So, Legend of Tarzan. So, yesterday. Um, oh, I, wa- I actually want to tell people. Well, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. Um, <laughs> actually, tell them at the end. Okay. Do you know what I'm, what I'm going to talk about? Movie-related stuff. The festival. Yeah. Okay, I'll say it at the end. <laughs> okay, so, um, yesterday, we had a little GNO. Uh, that is cute for a girls' night out. Yeah. And And, you know... I don't know how, but the idea of going to watch The Legend of Tarzan came up. And, of course, I know why. Because, like, semi-nude Alexander Skarsgård. Well, his yeah, he's, he's pretty good looking, yeah. not gonna lie. He's there, so. Yeah. yeah. So, I was honestly going for Margot Robbie, but, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I love her. Um, so anyways, we went to see this this movie, and for everyone who had any intention of seeing it... Don't. Just don't. Um, it's like a bad sequel for the sequel that nobody asked for. It's like The Legend of Tarzan 2.5, 2.1, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, like, it has nothing to do with the Disney movie, so if you were expecting a remake of a Disney movie, this is not it. Like, I was waiting for them to sing... <laughs> the really cute yeah because in the, <laughs> in, the, in the yeah in the jungle book they, they sang, sang so I'm just like I expect some music but we got host here at the end that was chill um we got a cr- awkward sex scene you know guys um it's not romantic when you just imitate the mating sounds of Jungle pro tip: If you want to get with a girl, don't imitate animals. Just uh, don't don't do that. It's weird. Buy her coffee first. That yeah, usually works. I just I don't know. It's it was a w- really weird movie. It was. I mean, we're not gonna go into detail. I mean, if you want to see my my really like not thought out review, you can find it on Letterbox. But honestly, like this movie's not even worth redboxing. I I would say it's just bad yeah you know there are bad movies that you can enjoy them because they're so bad they're good yeah they can be funny or maybe they're ridiculously like cliche you know yeah but and they have some like funny parts or some good parts that you're like okay that that wasn't so rough 
but but this they had like a lot of budget, big movie stars, good looking people, talented people in there, and they created that. I'm just I don't know. How. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like if you could see and you can realize they're in a movie set, like you're like that's a problem. And another thing that I had uh kind of like an issue. You have Samuel L. Jackson. And he's yeah. basically playing every single character. He's playing a Tarantino movie. So I was, like, just very confused. And then his name was George Washington, but he wasn't the George Washington we all know. So yeah. And then, like, all the, like, historic background. Yeah, it like, was it was just, just weird. Up. In a nutshell, just don't go see it. We do not approve of this movie. No. I'm so sorry, Margot. Robbie. We love you. I still love you. I'll still support in the Suicide Squad, even though I'm a little bit hesitant. You know what? Like, I I think she is talented, but I just don't know why she's making these movies. Because she wants fame. Did you know that <laughs> Taylor Swift is older than Michael Robbie? That just blows my mind. <laughs> I just, I, I can't. Like, how? Speaking of Taylor Swift, that was a good transition, by the way. Um... <laughs> So this week, um, Calvin Harris posted a series of tweets yes. um, that just kind of exposed Taylor Swift's character. Now, if you've been listening to the cover on, you know how we feel about Taylor. You know we've been onto this for quite a while. <laughs> so um, basically on the tweets, um, apparently Taylor Swift and her rap came out like this week saying how she actually wrote the song This Is What You Came For yeah. with Calvin Harris and that... He was not giving her the credit she deserved or something, something. And then, so Calvin was like, nuh-uh, girl, nuh-uh. Let me take my Twitter and explain how things went down. And that's what he did. Uh, and so he basically explained that when they were dating, um, Taylor wanted it to keep it a secret because it was just, like, a very personal thing and blah, blah, blah. So she wrote the song under, like, a fake name. Yeah. And then... I mean, I think if you write something under a fake name, it's because you don't want people to find out that you did that. So, uh. Yeah, and that at first, Colin was very hesitant to use the song because uh, he he had worked with his previous ex-girlfriend, a.k.a. Rita Ora, and that didn't turn out too well. So he was like, I don't know if I want to work with Taylor. Like, So Taylor finally convinced him to do it. And then now that the song blew up, Taylor was like, I want my share of it. And um, it's funny because there was this this tweet that it just, it gave me a burn. Like, I still have it. (laughs) That it was like, you should just uh, go and enjoy enjoy your your new boyfriend. Yeah, your new boyfriend. And um, I know you're not on tour, but... Like, stop trying to find a new Katy Perry to have a mess yeah. with. I was like, burn. I was just like, oh my god. He basically confirmed every single rumor. Like, and, like, in so, like, the Katy Perry rumor. And then Katy Perry, God bless her, yeah. she retweeted herself from two years ago when the whole Taylor Swift yeah, happened. Saying, uh, time, time will tell who who tells the truth. Yeah, and <laughs> then like, she oh. tweeted um, a gif from Hillary Clinton, just being like, "Man, that, you I told know, you. yeah, like whatever, I don't know." <laughs> and then Twitter, because Twitter always takes things to to the extreme, started the hashtag um, Taylor Swift is sober party. party. Uh, and it was the funniest thing, let me tell Ever. you. It was just very funny. Like, it was very comical. I do not think this will be the, the end of Taylor Swift because she is a very powerful woman. No, but I think that this will help, like, people who are not, like, hardcore fans of Taylor Swift to realize that she's a little fake. And when I say a little fake, I mean very fake. Yeah, and I mean, if by now you haven't noticed that her Taylor Swift, Tom Hiddleston's relationship is kind of a publicity stunt then this just kind of confirms it like oh okay yeah okay i'm just very happy for this and i saw a tweet that said uh i'm waiting for the new calvin harry song uh featuring katie perry i was like oh yes oh my gosh it's too funny guys if that happens i'll be just like yes my new favorite song also taylor has uh some vocals on the on the track yeah yeah um which I mean, uh, 
Lesson learned. If you're dating Taylor Swift, don't collaborate don't. with her. Don't. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> I mean, just don't collaborate with her. It, it can get dangerous. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, moving on to more exciting things. Today is a very special day because 15 years ago, one of my favorite films ever in the history of movies, don't judge, came out. And I'm talking about Legally Blonde. And I think, I think that was a movie that made at least... For me, it made me love Reese Witherspoon so yeah, much. Yeah, me too. Um, just because it's it's a very well thought out movie, and a bunch of people kind of had deemed it to be a little bit uh, shallow or kind of like a, just another chick flick. But when you really um, analyze the story of Legally Blonde, I think there's so many things we can learn yeah. from it. Which is uh, so because it's 15 years, we're gonna do 15 things we learn from. Legally Blonde, and I'm going to go with my number one. Okay. This is not, like... This is not in any particular order. It's It's just, like, like coming up from our heads. Yeah, right now, because we don't plan this at all. We really don't, guys. Um, (laughs) So, I think for me, it was just like, oh, so I can do, like, a career, you know, as a woman, and be successful at it. Okay. You know? And still look good. (laughs) <laughs> while doing it that was like three lessons okay no but it's like having a career um, like a career being a successful career while looking good okay that's like okay. one right okay that's fine okay go ahead um my other I think the biggest lesson I learned from from Legally Blonde is that being yourself never goes out of style <laughs> uh, we we were talking about this uh, earlier and I think we both agree on this. And is yes. never give up your friends for a guy. Yes. Never, and also never, never. Also never give up your career goals for a guy. Yeah. That's another one. That's four. Um, and like number five that goes in hand with all of this is never change yourself for a guy. Yeah. I remember when she was trying to go brunette. Yeah. Girl. Number six, I think. Number six. For me, and we've been saying this, guys. Check your facts. Remember in that courtroom? Yeah. You know? She knew. Facts were told. Yeah. So, you know? <laughs> yeah, just just know. Be aware of everything. I think another lesson that we can really learn from Legally Blonde is always have faith in other people. Um, I remember kind of how um, when, when Brooke, that was yeah. the name of the trainer, got... Got charged, mischarged, uh, for the murder of her dead husband. Yeah. Um. Kind of how Elle was always for her, and even though everyone was like, "No, she totally did it. She totally did it." She was like, "No, I'm for her." And then she helped the lady at the salon and things like that. So, just having faith in other people, I think that's a really good quality to have. Yeah. Also, uh, another one. I'm gonna say, what goes around comes around. Ooh, that's true, Warner. You've been told, <laughs> but th- that is like uh, a theme in a lot of like aspects in the movie, yeah. like with the um, with Elle and the and like the mean girl, and she gets like alone at the end, yeah. and then like, but Elle was good, so good things came for her, you know. Yes, absolutely. Uh, for number nine, I think. This this can be a little shallow, but it is never a crime to look good. <laughs> Just saying, that pink outfit. <laughs> goodness gracious, still won that pink outfit. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, what what number are we in? We're on ten. Number ten. We're getting close, Mary. We can do this. We can do this. I'm really thinking. Um. One of my favorite moments in the movie is, um, like, the transformation from when she goes to this Halloween party and they, like, make fun of her. And yeah. then she goes, and like, no, I'm going to show you what I can do, you know? Yeah. So I think number 10 will be like, show them what you can do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that that ties in that you don't need to use your body in order to get what you want. Because yeah. that's a really important lesson to have, especially as a woman um, and as a guy too. But, you know, 
sleeping your way to the top is usually a girl's way to get things. But she didn't do it. No. She used her brains. Yes. And her cute outfits. So that's number 11. Use your brains. That was number 10. No, but like number 10 was show them. Okay, that was like two tips. Okay. Um, number 12, I would say. Um, oh my goodness, I just had it. Always have a cute dog by your side. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I learned that by Lily one. I don't have a cute dog. But dogs are awesome. So I'm going to give you that one. I totally blanked out on my... Um, on my... My thing. But I just remember. Number 13 is always befriend the underdog or the person you wouldn't normally friend. Yeah. You know? Um... Because I think that's something that made Elle a better person than how she was at the beginning of the movie. She was just kind of like a Bali girl, a Malibu girl, you know. And at the end, she had all this knowledge and kind of like this chip on her shoulder and all these things. Um, because of, of the people she had met. Um, number 14 would be something bad or like a bad situation in your life you can always turn it around for your advantage nice um which is something i love it because whenever uh warner broke up with her she automatically like did a 360 and was like i'm gonna get into harvard and i love i love one of my favorite lines is what like it's hard <laughs> you know when they yeah. ran into each other in the hallway and she's like what it's hard <laughs> like oh god that's so funny um, and number 15. Number 15. Our last one. I think number 15, um, you don't have to play dumb to get what you want. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to thank everyone. You, thank you, Elwoods. You show me so many things, like how to pick up a pen. We did it! Or bend and snap. I mean, if you didn't bend and snap today, at least like 30 times. Yeah, but... I mean, maybe you don't do it, like, consciously. You but don't. I do know how to pick up a pen but because of the like, wood. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pick up a pen with style. Pen and snap! You know? I love it. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. And, and this thing had, like, a dance thing. Yeah. And speaking <laughs> of, like, the the Legally Bond musical yeah. was also an amazing musical. So I, I didn't see it. Well, it was also an amazing musical. So. <laughs> okay, I believe you. Um, so thank you, Elle Woods. Thank you, Reese, for blessing us with this wonderful movie. And hopefully, if you if you have not seen Legally Blonde, and some maybe you live in like you Under live a rock or, or something. like some weird maybe planet, you're twelve. Go see Legally Blonde, and if you have, go see Legally Blonde this week. Honestly, do you like Legally Blonde two and three? I enjoy them. I'm not a huge fan of them. Like, I yeah. mean, they're not legally blonde, but I think the second one can stand off as a solid, like a solid sequel. The third yeah. one, ah. and I the mean, one that they did about the the legally blondes, the twins. Uh, I'm like, uh, pass. Was, no, because you know what? The thing about legally blonde was that she is pretty. She looks good. She cares about fashion and about like looking pretty and all of that. But she's smart, you know, and she stands. She stands up for herself. I mean, and she just needed to believe in herself. Honestly. Yeah, and then this like movie of the twins is just them being dumb. Yeah, and it's so just kind of like, like, oh, what's it's, it's like our aunt or something, and that's how we got here. But we're British, and you're like, what? I don't understand. Uh, yeah. Um. So, anyways, let's just ignore that one. But um, go see Legally Blonde this week don't watch the legend of tarzan instead go see legally yes <laughs> and do you because you're it's just awesome uh let us know what you learned about if if you uh agree with our life lessons from legally blonde or if you have another one let us know um because i do think um one of the things that i love about film which is uh why kind of why i decided to be a filmmaker is that every single time you watch a movie, you kind of see it with a different perspective, depending on what moment of your yeah, life you're yeah, on. that's true. Um, and you can learn so many things from watching one movie over and over and over. I'm not saying... I mean, you can see it, like, back-to-back back over and over and over. But just seeing a movie, uh, maybe today, and then, like, in three months, you see it after a promotion or something. You're going to see it with different eyes. That's true. 
So um, that's what I love about art and about filmmaking. So I think, um, of course, when I first watched Legally Blonde, I think I was like a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is fun. She looks good. And I remember when I watched it when I was like in junior high, I saw it with different eyes. And then when I watched it again in high school, it was like different. And then I saw it in college again. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm, I'm probably going to see it and see what I think. Yeah, I'm going to watch it again. Um, anyways... Moving on to, do you have any? No, I just love Elle Woods. Yeah. I think she's awesome. She's awesome. She's funny. She's pretty. She's smart. Just like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not. Um, you know what? Tomorrow, what would Elle Woods do? When something hard comes your way? Yeah. What, what would, would Elle Woods do? She probably uh, will have her nails done. I need to get my nails. <laughs> Anyways, um, moving on. The next topic, uh, we were talking about it before we started recording, and I, I think it, it's, it's a very interesting topic. Yeah. To to talk about, we wanted to talk about sexuality, um, mainly because this week, um, like a huge news came out of like an important character in um the Star Trek universe. Uh, they decided that he was going to be gay. And we we were kind of talking about it. And while it may be, like, cool that there's, you know, more representation diversity. and diversity and stuff like that, I, I still don't think that we're getting it right. Um, yeah. We were, like, for me, I told this out to Anna, but it was just like, oh, so this thing is like important right now people care about this so maybe if we have like a gay character in our movie people think we are on the right track yeah on the right track we're cool you know we're with the cool kids and what i mean i i honestly don't understand why they released the news right now like the movie's not even out yet like they should have just waited yeah, and people yeah. just you Blizzard know it. Yeah, I mean, people just getting their own, like, conclusion about it. But it, it does feel in most of the um, shows or or movies that feature a character that's part of the LGBTQ plus community, it just feels like they're just meeting a quota or, like, a standard. Yeah. I mean, it is a law that you have to have some representation for, for that group. But it just feels like um, what defines a character is their sexuality. And it's in real life, um, that's not who you are at all. And Yeah, I know. And I think, um, I was telling Mary, like, I have this theory that I think that that correlates to the poor sex education that we have uh, growing up. Because... Um, I mean, I don't know how was your sex ed, but your sex ed was my sex ed was basically like, don't have sex because you'll get pregnant and die. Kind of like Mean Girls. Uh, Yeah. Kinda, and it was like yeah. abstinence. It's like... But it did, like for me, like at school, it was like that because I went to Catholic school. I was like, yeah. okay, so this is the part of a female. This is the part of a male. And then something, something, something. And then baby. So don't. I'm like, but what's the something? The birds you know? and the bees. I was like, I don't understand. But then um, my mom uh, took me and my sister to like a private class for a week. All about sex ed. So, uh, and the lady who was a teacher, she was like, so then the girl and the boy come together in a special hug. And Special they hug? make a baby. And I'm like, wait, what? And then I remember one of the girls being there. She turns around to me and says, she means they had sex. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. I was too young to understand that. Uh -huh. And it just, I think, I mean, I grew up in Texas and it was part of the curriculum, you know, yeah. taking health class. And to me, it was just, I mean, it, it was Texas then again. Uh, it was a super conservative state. But it was more like... It was very mean girls. Like, don't have sex because you'll get pregnant and die. Because it was like, okay, if you have sex, like... I mean, there is condoms and other stuff. But, like, you're going to get pregnant anyway. So, just don't do it. And, and it was like... But, but, but like, how... Like, why? How, like, 
how do I know when I'm ready or how do I know like if I want to yeah. do it before marriage like yeah. what do I take and it's just um and not even that not even going into like um premarital sex or things like that but even sexuality which is such a huge part of sexual education yeah it's um, just like oh so boys like girls girls like boys that's it and it's like, go have fun in the recess recess time and you're like okay one and i mean of course i i for the people who are part of the lgbtq plus community it, it must be hard as fuck because if you and your whole society and um everyone around you is like oh you know we they're like girls or we don't or, or that's wrong if we don't and of course i understand the portrayal they get in the yeah in in movies and tv shows because they almost i feel like they almost have adapted that negativity and that denial themselves as a community and it just to me it's heartbreaking because i have a lot of really really good friends and i know that their sexuality doesn't define them um for how wonderful of a person they are and and what I just I hate is that automatically when you know that somebody um is is part of it's either gay, lesbian, trans or, or whatever, um that automatically becomes what defines them. Yeah. And that's what I, I really, really hate. It's just oh, so this actor or this athlete or whatever, he or she is gay. And you're like, and you're like, oh, and this is relevant because, you know, that doesn't define if they're good or bad at their jobs. It's just, I mean, obviously your sex, your sexuality, uh, it's part of who you are, of your personality. Yeah. Because everything you do, even like brushing your teeth, like it has to do something with your sexuality. You know, but. Well, maybe that was a little drastic. (laughs) It's like, I don't think I agree, but go ahead. But, like, it's part of your life. You know, that's what what I'm saying. And it's just... But, um... I don't know. It's just this thing that... Oh, so this person is gay. So we're going to treat them different. Yeah. And it's just... I hate whenever there's a, a gay character in a TV show or something. Like, the first thing you learn about them is they're gay or they have a conflict with their with their sexuality and and you're like like, this is like private you know like i don't go around telling people i'm straight you know what i mean like um and i understand that there is a fight for diversity and there is a fight for having an equal representation of um straight and homosexual characters but however, I don't think that by just meeting a quota or by just saying this character is gay because we needed a gay character. Like, I don't think that's the way to go. One of my favorite filmmakers, um, Xavier Dolan, he's uh, an openly, openly gay man, um, a beautiful gay man. And um, <laughs> by the way, he's beautiful. <laughs> by the way, he's beautiful. And he I think he's done it right. Honestly, I think he has some of the greatest. Um, characters ever written for gay and transgender people because I think he gets it because of course he's he's lived it and what I was I went out to lunch with with a friend the other day and I was like I think um, the LGBTQ plus uh, filmmaking or genre has the same problem as chick flicks which in a chick flick you have a dude writing a story about a girl falling in love and then you have a dude directing it. You have a bunch of dudes behind this movie. Yeah. Writing a story of how they think a woman behaves when she's in love. Or when she falls in love. Or when there's a situation involving love. However, when you see that as a woman, you're like, eh. I don't, like, that doesn't really happen in real life. You, you know what I mean? Like, that's not how it yeah. goes. And I think that's the same thing uh, for the LGBT movies and tv shows that you have a bunch of straight people but their only contact with gay people is like two or three or five people and it's like over there yeah and then you have like stereotypes and cliches exactly and like, oh, that doesn't have like 
representation, you know? Exactly, and it's just like, oh, we gotta have that quota, because California law requires us to have at least one gay character in our show, so... And that's why every single gay character on TV looks exactly the same. Yeah. It's either, like, the gay conflicted character or the crazy, sex-crazy gay person that just screws everybody. Yeah. And, and loves sh- shopping and is, like, your girl best friend. Yeah, and it's, like... Also, I have this thing. Like, why gays, like, in movies and TV shows have to be, like, gay men? You know? Um, why can't... We can have a lesbian... I don't understand, honestly. Like or trans, like you know, I just, I'm just because, and it, it all goes back to education, because our generation and our parents' generation, we did not learn this. Growing up, we did not learn that. Uh, like, the, we, I think we need to make a separation between whatever was your religion and whatever is biological. Yeah. Like there are people who, just have different preferences and that's okay I mean regarding of what you believe I think um you can respect other people and that's what that's when tolerance comes yeah you know even if you don't agree even if you think that your religion or your whatever your spaghetti monster doesn't condone homosexuality like that's the other person shouldn't know that you know because at the end of the day I think religion and spirituality it's something super Personal. Personal, exactly. Yeah, and and so is your sex. And so is your sexuality. Like, yeah. we're we're people, right? Everyone. So just yeah. treat them like people. <laughs> exactly, and it's just like um, I've always said that. You know, it's very cliche, but like color, religion, sexuality, they shouldn't matter. They shouldn't like um, affect the way you treat someone. Yeah, like, if you are going to be mean to someone, then don't, please don't let the color of their skin or their their sexuality or just something, um, something that's so personal, um, affect the way you treat them. I think, uh, one of the best advice I ever got out of manor school, because you guys know what the manor school was, that you should never comment on on something if a person can't fix it in less than 15 seconds um which if you really think about it like if you're gonna comment or or say something about a person's sexuality or a person's skin or or something like that then but if it's like oh mary your hair like you got something in here and you can fix it quickly like oh okay or your lipstick got like Messed yeah. up. Things like that. But it, and when you think about it, like, okay, that was manor school. Now transfer that into the big picture. It should be the same the same way. Maybe you don't believe um, in this or that. But honestly, F it. Who cares? You're not the one living that lifestyle. You're not the one making those decisions. Just love the other person. And I think the moment we learn to accept that it is okay to be different and that it is okay for us to come together as different human beings, we don't yeah. have to be all like-minded. That's the moment when we're going to find peace and we're going to find an end to all the hate that's been happening lately. Not only in the U.S., but in the entire world. Yeah, that's true. I agree. Um, so, I think I would love to see um, what would happen. Because I know there's a lot of argument to and for, for and against um, having more... Of, of an in-depth sexual education yeah. in schools. But I would love to see what would happen. Maybe just try it out in a couple schools and see how those um, kids grow up to be. You know how they have, like, this super specific and very detailed sex ed in, I think it's, like, Norway or Finland. or Yeah. And I don't see them... I mean, we don't really know, but I don't think it's wrong. I think... They I mean, have one at, of the lowest, like, pregnancy rates. At the end of the day... They're going to learn it. You know, somehow they're going to figure it out. So I think it's better if someone who actually knows what's really happening, like, teach, like teaches them, like the kids. Yeah, I don't think, and in, in, when it comes to sexuality, I don't think the phrase ignorance is bliss actually applies. Yeah. I think the more information you can, especially as a woman where we live in a world where <laughs> every single option for you to not get pregnant is actually detrimental in the long run for you. Yeah. You know? Um, I think it's important for you to know. Um, 
what what sexuality really means because sexuality is not just to get pregnant or not get pregnant. No, and I mean it's something that you learn. Uh, you keep learning through your life. It's not something like, oh, I had, like, one class, and then I know everything. Yeah, you but know? I'm pretty sure that if a teen girl knew uh, the consequences of her acts, and not only, I'm not only talking about pregnancy, but I'm talking about the mental, the emotional, and all that that comes at, yeah. at you know, losing up your virginity really, really young, she wouldn't be doing it. Because to her, it's just like, oh, I love him, and it's going to be this and that and that and that. And it's like... Yeah, it's true. I agree. And, like, um, it's something that I think goes in hand with a little bit of, like, uh, emotional intelligence, you know? And I think um, maybe it's not like sex ed, obviously, but I think it's really important to uh, for people to really understand their feelings where they are coming from why and how they translate into like the outside yeah because that affects the way we act so if we understand that and we combine that with good sex ed i think we we have we'll have like less uh like uh, little girls being pregnant or just and not only guys that, because like, i hate I hate how there's this stigma with guys that if a guy is older than, like, I don't know, 17, and he hasn't lost his virginity, it's like, oh, you haven't lost your virginity? Like, if it, who cares? If he doesn't yeah. want, if he wants to stick a virgin until he's 32, this is let true. him like, be. Because, like, I have um, a lot of friends who have decided for personal reasons to just, you know, remain virgins until marriage, which yeah. I think it's awesome. But they get so much bullcrap about it. And I'm like, why? And and that's when you see the double standard. Like, for a girl, is like, oh, you should wait as long as you can for you to, like, lose your virginity. But then you, you look at the guys and it's like, oh, just lose it already. Like, it's something you have to get rid of, like, quick and fast. Like, and for me, like, the uh, the other day, well, no, a while, a while ago, I was talking to a friend and... Um, we were talking and he asked me about losing my virginity and I really just like talk about this thing or whatever. But like I told him my story and I told him how it affected me emotionally in my life and blah, blah, blah. And then I asked him and he told me, well, I mean, I lost it in a one night stand and it really didn't mean anything to me because it was something that like it's not a big deal for me, you know, like for guys, it's not a big deal. Because we just feel the pressure that we have to do it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. You but know? it's awful when you think about it. Because it is, like, I feel like emotionally, it is the same deal. Even if guys yeah. want to say, like, oh, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it didn't mean it, a thing. Like, it is a big, like, whenever. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of a traumatic experience. Yeah, I mean. For a boy and for a girl. Honestly, I can't tell you. Yet. I can, but it is. I'm just saying that every single time that I get a friend tell me that, oh, you know, I did it with this person and that, the first thing I care about um, is their emotions because I think there's just something, there's such a deep emotional connection to sex. It's true, and uh, even if you 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 think you're having like meaningless sex, it there's like some kind of emotion involved you know yeah and uh, because i mean you need to trust this person yeah you're trusting them like everything you have literally and And i think that's what they don't teach you in in sex ed like never ever do i remember being thought about like the emotional baggage that comes with it you know that's Um, true and i'm not saying that you need to feel something to have sex with someone but i would disagree but no the other side of the spectrum no but like i mean like have feelings like being in love and all of that i mean we have one night stands for a reason you know but i do think that ignoring that you have like emotional like i don't know how to describe it like emotional claim or emotional... Yeah, just like some kind of emotion while you're 
into it. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Well, you're in the act. Yeah, where you're doing it. It's just, like, it's a lie. You know, because if you're just, like, not feeling a damn thing, it's just, like... Then you're a zombie. Yeah, I mean... Like, this is the way I see it. Like, I think um, sexuality and when you lose your virginity and, and, and things like that should be something very personal. And, and it true. should be something that you do when you're ready or not when you're getting pressured into, not when um, society is telling you to, um, not... It's your decision. It's your decision. And at the end of the day, um, that's the one thing I wish that people would have told me growing up. Like, you don't have to do this at this time or you don't have to do that at that yeah. time because that that's like the and pressure like and if, then and if you decide to do it like this is going to happen you know and when you want it and like this uh, yeah exactly when you want it like this is the things like this is the process yeah. and then after that you're going to feel this way or this way and then there's this possibility but oh you won't avoid that so do this you can you know like showing you the whole like the whole spectrum yeah. because honestly like I've been because I decided to just remain virgin. I decided to remain a virgin until marriage, um, and that was my own decision. Yeah, you know, as it should be. <laughs> as it should be, I I can honestly tell you that I am so heartbroken whenever I hear stories about girls being like so emotionally damaged because they had guys just take over. You know, kind of like take advantage of their feelings and things like that. Yeah. And you're like, it's not so much the physical act, it's what comes with it. And if I, I and I feel like growing up, and I can speak for all those girls, like if we would have a better education of like, you know, it's not so much the physical act, it's what comes with it. Yeah. That has like an impact, and that's why we tell you don't do it, not just, well, I think in school they just tell you not to do it so you don't get pregnant. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, like, the real reasons um, why you would decide to do it or not to do it, like, those are never told, you know? And and at the end of the day, it just becomes more like a religious thing. Like, either you, you pick it because that's what your religion tells you to do, or you just don't, you know? Yeah. Um, and to me, when I made the decision, I was just kind of like, I just, I wanted to be with someone that I know that it's going to be there forever, because I... I have severe anxiety and I couldn't live with the with the thought of just being like maybe this person's going to be gone one day, you know? Oh well. But that's just me and that that is my personal decision and I know that everyone doesn't function like me. That's true. But <laughs> the the fact that um you know, I can I can decide that now as an adult makes me feel Kind of like okay, makes me feel yeah. okay. But it, also like uh, like ten year olds making like a purity promise and stuff. I'm like, uh, girl, you don't even know. I don't know. No, you haven't even gotten your period, girl. Yeah. So I'm just like maybe wait a couple like three, four years to know. You know. But um, I mean it's a personal decision, and it can change. You know, you don't have to like. Maybe you can say, oh, I'm going to be, like, a virgin forever. I'm going to be a nun. And then you meet someone, and you're like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> I'm going to be a nun. You know, you know what I mean? With it's my just... cats. <laughs> no. Um, Single forever. But you can change, and you don't have to feel guilty about your decision. Exactly. I think the moment you start feeling guilty for your decisions, that's, yeah, yeah that's the moment you should start checking like yourself and seeing why are you doing the things you're doing that's true because guilt like i i think the only good thing about guilt is that it's kind of like an alarm like hey something's wrong like underneath yeah, like we didn't make the right choice you should you can still make something about this like go check it out check it out check it out check it out that's true. <laughs> um so i just i think like if anything that we can contribute um to this rainbow about sexuality is that um i just think like being open you know and not treat sexuality as a taboo topic 
Yeah, like, I think we should be okay talking about sexuality yeah, and, and being formed about it and accepting everyone's different. And I think it all, it, it all lies in tolerance. Like, if yeah. you have tolerance for other people, other people will tolerate whatever preference you have. And at the end of the day, even if you don't agree with the the lifestyle or the preference of the other person, like, that's none of your business, you know? That's true. Just as you wouldn't like, um, I think you wouldn't like I mean, people telling you, like, who you're dating or who no, I mean, she... Some or, people like ice cream, some people don't. It's as simple as that. There you go. I mean, at the end of the day, it's um, you do you. You do you. You be you. You be you. There you go. <laughs> um, anyway, so episode 20 was, like, so fun. Um, episode 20 is actually kind of bittersweet as well because it's the end of season two season one season one might be of season one it's the end of season one of our podcast we'll what does this mean what does this mean it means that we're gonna be gone for the rest of july um because i'm going on holiday and anna is Ooh. Ooh, i'll tell you what she's doing but hold on hold on anyway so we'll be back in august and like first week of August. Yes, we'll be back recording. We'll. I know we went on a little hiatus like before, but um, just because we were busy. That was my fault. My B. My B. But um, we'll be traveling. We'll we'll keep po- posting pictures of what we're doing, where we're at, so you guys can on Twitter, so you guys can see like what we're doing and stuff. Yeah, and then we'll let you know when we're back, so you can check it out, check it out. And we'll start season two of a coffee run. Yeah, it's exciting. Hopefully, we have more guests next season. Yeah, because that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and um, so you're you're maybe asking yourselves, so why why they can't record in July? Mary is going. Well, Mary's doing like a freaking road trip throughout like the entire Mexico. No, because no, that's not true. Just a couple like. Just like a couple of really cool states, but a bunch of her friends from Europe are coming to visit Mexico, which is something One you should friend. do. <laughs> One but friend, all but... of your friends from your your study abroad semester. Yeah, we're having like a little tiny reunion, so it's cool. Yeah, so that's very fun. Uh, Take tons of pictures and Instagram them. So of course I will. We can check it out. Check it out. Check um, it out. but Anna, you that's know, me. She's doing something really cool. Very interesting. She's like a movie star now. Whatever. She's famous. She gets like free dresses. <laughs> she got like free dresses. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> before you jump to conclusions, no, I did not marry a Hollywood star. <laughs> Me and Mouse Teller no, are not, not engaged, <laughs> unfortunately. Mouse Teller, if you're listening to this, you can totally like take me out for coffee. Anyway, um... <laughs> One of the directors. Okay, so you guys, as you guys know, um, well, I'm I'm producing a couple of films, and one of the directors I'm working with got into the official selection for the Guanajuato International Film Festival, aka GIF. Um, it's a pretty big international film festival in Mexico, so we got to go to all the fun premieres and all the fun parties. I'm telling you, she's famous now. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so, and, and as we're there. We got to present his film called Dragon. You can find it on uh, basically every social network as Dragon the Film. Or you can go to dragonthefilm.com. Um, and also we got to present the movie that I'm producing with him. Which is going to be a lot of fun. And the cool thing about it is that for the first time ever in my filmmaker career, I got the coolest designers to design me the most beautiful dresses ever. One of them was actually designed based on my personality. As you can tell, it's all black, of course. Because <sighs> like what? your heart, like, like your soul. Exactly. Um, so it's going to be a really fun experience. I never, um, I mean, I've been on, in film festivals before. I've been on, on red carpets, but I don't think I was like anyone relevant, honestly. I mean, not that I am but right now. now. She's famous, you guys. I mean, I'm not like super relevant right now, but I'm a little bit more relevant than I was <laughs> when I went. Just a tiny bit. A tiny bit more. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'll definitely post pictures of the dresses. You guys can both on your favorite look. <laughs> rate it like it was like... Look, day one, day two. 
write it like it was like a People magazine poll. <laughs> um, no, but it should be a lot of fun then because film fashion fa- poets. Oh my gosh, no! I hope I don't end up in one of those. Um, so hopefully, you guys uh, have a lot of fun seeing our pictures from our very different um, two weeks. So we'll be off. Yeah, I think Mary's gonna have cooler pictures on me because mine, mine just gonna be me at the red carpet. Famous people. I'm like, oh look, nature. <laughs> <laughs> this is a plant. I Water. honestly <laughs> prefer. You know this. I prefer nature like a thousand times over like glam and stuff. But it should be fun, you know. I don't think it hurts you every every once in a while to. You know yeah. what's funny? Like I have like this trip, and then like for two weeks, and then after that, right after that, I have uh, my cousin's wedding. Take me! <laughs> so I'm just gonna be like, oh yeah, time to put on a dress and nice shoes. I hope I can walk in high heels. <laughs> take me, someone, please take me to a wedding. I'm having like wedding. Ooh, I can ha- I can uh, take you to a wedding because one of my friends from high school is getting married take in me. August. So I'll invite you. Can you're you not, invited. Like, for real? Can you? Uh, I don't know, but maybe. Because you totally should. Like, listen, anybody listening to this, if you have a wedding coming up, I don't care if it is in freaking Africa. I want to go. <laughs> Actually, like a wedding in Africa would be pretty. Cool. Would be freaking cool. Thinking about it. Um. <laughs> okay. Anyways. So we're just like. Talking and talking, going on and on, but but so we'll see you now. Guys. We'll see you in two weeks, you guys. Um, hopefully you're having a phenomenal summer. Uh, let us know what you're up to, even if we're not recording. And the reason why we're not recording is because, like, as you can tell, one of us is gonna be, um, out in the woods. Yeah, I don't even know if I have like Wi-Fi and stuff yeah, to record. I'm freaking out about that. I Millennials. love my Wi-Fi. Um, and I'll probably, because film festivals are very hectic and there's a lot of events you have to go to and networking and parties and stuff. And par- oh, you have to go. Uh, you ha- you have, I have to. to go. Um, and usually they're all at night and it's gonna like, you have like the red carpet and then you have like the movie and then you have a party and then you have a dinner and it's like, blah, blah, blah. like and you have the after party and then you get drunk and then you're hungover the next day. And then you have to do it all over again. Um. And still look flawless at the red carpet, which is something I don't know how celebrities Ooh, do. I'll give you some tips. Okay, cool. Um, anyways, uh, it, there's literally, like, it would be really hard for us to record, and we wouldn't want to make, like, a 15-minute episode. Yeah, that's lame. <laughs> we're going to do it. We're going to do it big. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, we'll just see you in two weeks, you guys. Um, Have fun in these two weeks without us. Don't miss us too much. We'll miss you. Yes. We'll miss you, baby. I'll miss you, bye. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening, you guys. This has been season one of Coffee Run. It's been season fun. One. Um, see you in two weeks. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>